When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. Uh, What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. July 24th, still got a ways to go until uh, Los Angeles Lakers basketball starts, but of course uh, it's been a busy offseason for the Lake Show. Took a week off last week uh, of Lakers talk, so we're back on. Uh, I'm going to hit on a number of different topics. There's a lot that actually went on over the last week or so. Um, I, I like uh, an article by Eric Pincus on Bleach Report. He had some executives around the league kind of describing one-word answers of the Lakers offseason. Summer League obviously wrapped up and got some good quotes from Rob Palenka out of that. Uh, Lakers still, I think, in need of a big man. I think that's a, a just a continuing conversation through the summer. Uh, AD extension, we'll get the latest on that. So we got a lot to get into. So I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. You can always uh, call into the show, 877-710-ESPN. You could hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, um, or it's not called Twitter anymore. What is it, X or something like that? I don't know what's going on. Uh, at Alan Sliwa, just we'll simplify it that way. Uh, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation is going to join in about a half hour or so. It's always nice to have him on. Um, <clears throat> there was an article that came out last week, and um, Eric Pincus from Bleach Report, I mentioned that there was just a, a, a number of different uh, you call it an insider poll, however uh, Bleacher Report described it. Um, but you had some different individuals out there, several executives out there, agents and other NBA uh, sources were asked to answer this question. And the question that was proposed out there, and I think it's interesting now that really the dust is settled. Everybody kind of knows what, what the team's going to look like for the Lakers Everybody has an idea what the rest of the Western Conference is going to look like. Um, that's not to say that trades still can't go down. I know the Damian Lillard situation. Okay, what happens there? Maybe there's still some more shakeup that happens before the regular season starts. But for the most part now, um, the biggest conversation around the Lakers has been, hey, what are they going to do with their 14th roster spot? And for some reason, that's been a, a big conversation over the last week or so. We'll get into that a little bit later. But these executives, the agents, and like I said, some NBA sources were asked a question. The Lakers are, and you kind of fill in the blank. And I thought it was interesting the way um, Pincus put it together. One one executive said that uh, the Lakers are, at least for how they responded, was better. And just simple as that. Again, you get a one-word answer to describe how you feel like the Lakers are uh, based upon what they did in the offseason. And, okay, that's an easy one. That's, I, I think... Nobody would really question that, and I don't think that really has that much to do with talent either. I think, 
you know, you can make an argument say, well, no, they're better now because Gabe Vincent will produce more than Dennis Schroeder. Or you could say, no, they're better now because they got more wing player, wing depth than they did before. You want a Torian Prince or you want a Cam Reddish, and you'd rather have that over Troy Brown Jr. Um, I, I think they're better, really, aside from talent. They're just better because they're going to have more time to play together. They're just better simply because it's going to be a team that has a roster um, that will get a full training camp together. It's going to have a roster that has some more experience together. And by the way, just their own individual experience as well. I mean, think about it. You don't think Austin Reeves is better served now moving forward based off of making a run to the Western Conference Finals? You don't think Rui Hachimura, who had never played in a playoff game before and took his game to another level, is not better served this upcoming season? I think just naturally, yes, I think the team got better. Another um, another way of describing uh, the Lakers, again, this is from uh, an, another individual's dependent on their stars. That probably is not I don't know if you want to say talked enough about um, LeBron will be going into his 21st season. Anthony Davis has had his fair share of issues as far as just staying on the floor and being healthy for 70 games or whatever the case is in the regular season. And who knows, maybe that's not even a strategy anymore in the NBA where the guys who were playing uh, at one point, you know, 75 to 80 games a year, where it was looked at and it was appreciated and was respected and that was just kind of a goal that you were trying to have from an individual perspective. Maybe that's not valued as much as anymore, but depending on their stars and LeBron and Anthony Davis, um, they're going to depend on them. But I think this actually, this year's roster reminds me more of when the Lakers won the whole thing in 2020 where they had more balance. They had more depth. You felt like you got two guys to each position. They still got to get another big man, in my opinion. But I think the depending on the stars, yes. Uh, I think there's a lot of teams that are depending on their stars, of course. But I also think the Lakers have depth, got flexibility. They got different guys that they could use. I know another term somebody else used was um, they're versatile. They are. Absolutely they are. And and I think that if you look at their roster and you see, okay, you got Gabe Vincent and D'Angelo Russell. You got Austin Reeves and Max Christie. I'll put Max Christie in that mix whether other people are or not. Um, You got LeBron. You got uh, Jared Vanderbilt. You got Cam Reddish. You got Torian Prince. You got Anthony Davis. You got Rui Hachimura. They got a lot of guys that it's not going to be just dependent on just the LeBron and the Anthony Davis piece of things. Um, I think there certainly is uh, a, a few different ways to describe the Lakers going into the offseason, but versatile might be the best word. That might be the best way to describe them um, now that the dust is uh, starting to settle. Uh, it, it's not a perfect offseason by any stretch of the imagination, but I definitely I think there was a, a, a growing, as far as a lot of um, executives or team insiders, agents, NBA sources, a lot of people felt good about what the Lakers did, and now it's just a matter of kind of putting it all together once um, once the Lakers get that opportunity. And there's still some time until we get there. But uh, that was – I thought that article of asking how others felt the Lakers did. I mean, we could sit here – we could sit, and as much as you might have a Laker hat on, you could take it off. You could be critical about the Lakers. I think Laker fans – at least I try to, you know, obviously do it as often as I can when it, when – you want to give them praise, but at the same time, you want to be critical when there's times to be critical. 
I always think it's nice getting somebody else's opinion that's maybe not following the Lakers or isn't a Lakers fan. Okay, what did they think? And it still seems like the sentiment was that the Lakers I mean, obviously had a good offseason. Um, Summer League wrapped up last week, and it's kind of fun fun to watch some of these young kids play. I always, I always find it interesting because – this year, the Lakers were in a position where you didn't really know going into summer league or going into the draft. Had the Lakers going to keep their picks? They did, obviously. Jalen Hood, Shafino, Maxwell Lewis, Colin Castleton was a part of it as well this year. Um, but I always, I, when you don't have that many players, when you get to the Western Conference Finals, okay, are, are the Lakers, they're trying to win right now. Are they going to keep their picks? Are they not going to keep their picks? There was actually some interesting play from some of these Laker players. I thought, um, I thought in this summer league, I, I thought there were some interesting storylines. I think you had a curiosity of, okay, could Max Christie really be a player? That was a player that I probably focused most on this entire summer league. He didn't play every game. I think he missed the last two games. Um, but he had real stats. Okay, it's summer league, so let's not too get let's not get too excited, but. Um, he had at least Vegas, I think he was averaging almost 20 points a game, something along those lines, close to six rebounds, four assists. It's just summer league, all good. Uh, ended up getting a right hip strain, and I want to say didn't play in the last two games. But Max Christie, to me, was the one player that you kind of watched and said, this guy's he's got some real potential. He's got a real opportunity to um, not just be on the Lakers, obviously on their roster, sitting at the end of the bench, but maybe there's going to be times where Darvin Ham is saying, no, no, let's let's give Max Christie a shot here. Let's let Max Christie play against high-leverage situations. You know what? There's another player on the opposing team who the Lakers, right now their guards can't guard him. Let's throw Max Christie on him. You're not going to get that in a summer league. I, I'm not trying to sit here and make a case because he had a good summer league that that's why it's going to happen. Um, but I, I know this, I know that it's getting noticed the work that the guys put in. Uh, I know Rob Palenka, when he had some of his quotes during, um, uh, during, uh, the summer league, I'm going to read one quote that he had about Max. He said, Max has been incredibly locked in mostly in the rate room with his body. And I can think, I think you can see that he's added 10 pounds of muscle where he now, when he gets by his shoulder, uh, gets by a guy, he's a problem. Defensively, he's busting through screens, and I think he's got a chance to be an elite defender. And that's all I, I, I think I kind of take away. He talked about how he can be a force in training camp in terms of, in terms of fighting for minutes in Darwin's rotation. Those are the type of things you kind of look for in summer league. I, I don't think you could ever look at it and say, oh, my gosh, the Lakers uh, lost four in a row. What's going to happen here? Or, oh, my gosh, the Lakers look great because they won for No, it's it's summer league. I don't think any of those stuff really matter. I think you're looking at, all right, are there some storylines? Are there some players that you feel like can actually contribute this upcoming season? I thought Jalen hood Shafino had some good moments, had some really ugly moments. Remember a couple of games, what, he goes seven for 20? It might have been in that – one of the last couple of games had another shooting night that was really poor. The last game was that against Clippers, I want to say. Um, but that's not really what you're paying too close attention to. You're just looking at, all right, is there some potential there? Same thing with Maxwell Lewis. Colin Castleton might have been you know, one of the few players, actually him and Demoy Hodge, that you looked at and said, man, I, I don't really know anything about these guys, especially for the Lakers who are in need of a big man. 
um, how much uh, a player like uh, Colin Castleton, if he's going to get opportunities just because you look at the size of the Lakers, they're loaded up with wings. They got some guards, but really the only bigs are Anthony Davis and Jackson Hayes. Will he get some opportunities? But I thought overall for Summer League, it was fun to watch some of these youngsters, watch some of these guys play. Trevor Lane will come on in 15, 20 minutes or so. He'll be a good person to talk to about that simply because he was there for the uh, the majority of Summer League and uh, got a chance to see some of these guys up close. Okay, um, speaking of Lakers still needing a big, I saw an article late last week talking about how um, the the name Christian Wood has been associated with the Lakers a lot. Now, a lot of people think he's going to end up, um, if he signs for the minimum, maybe the Lakers got a legitimate chance to get him. I want to spend a little bit of time on that when we come back. I think there's a more traditional route to take. I saw something about a sign-in trade, basically trading one of the Laker players away that the Lakers got in the last trade deadline. So we'll get into all that coming up next. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. If you want to call in, 877-710-ESPN. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I got uh, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation coming up in 12, 13 minutes or so, right at 7.30. Um, just uh, talked a little bit about the Lakers Summer League. There was a uh, conversation. It's been out for a second now, but it's kind of comical to me. And let me, as best as I can, explain this. The Lakers have 13 of their roster spots filled up. There's basically one roster spot available. You go up to 15, but the Lakers in the past have always kept one roster spot open. So there's only one roster spot available. And the amount of stories and podcasts and, uh, and, and, and news that has been generated over one roster spot left for the Lakers at the number 14 roster spot, <laughs> pretty funny. It's comical, right? That's just... Even the Lakers have pretty much all their guys right now, but there's still one more roster spot to be uh, to be had, and there's still a lot of chatter behind it. There's still a lot of chatter of, well, what's this player going to do? Who the Lakers should go after? I think it's pretty clear and apparent the Lakers need to go target a big. Um, I'm not comfortable with Anthony Davis and Jackson Hayes. That's it. You know, those are the two guys that you have, and um, I think they're another big away from kind of rounding out the roster where you can look and say, all right, you got enough guards, you got enough wings, you got enough bigs, you're good to go. Now let's see what the talent looks like. Let's see what the chemistry looks like. Take your chances with that. One of the players that has been mentioned around the Lakers is Christian Wood. Um, I think 
you know, there was a point where I had come on. It could have been with Travis, but I, I know I'd come on and I talked a little bit about how uh, I was more looking at a more traditional big. A Bismack Biombo to me is a more traditional big, focused more on the defensive side, um, more of a, a rim protector, I guess you want to call it. The Christian Wood thing, there was an article that came out um, last week, and I thought that was interesting that there could potentially be a sign and trade for Christian Wood. This was uh, Mark Stein had put out in um, his work that he does that the Mavs are open to participating in a sign and trade. And Sam Quinn of CBS put something out there. My sense that the Lakers would not value Wood enough to go above the minimum or trade someone. However, the Lakers could go above the minimum by offering Jared Vanderbilt. And again, this is a roster spot that's really, really deep uh, on, as far as depth goes. And that, that doesn't mean that there isn't value to the, you know, obviously to that player. That doesn't mean that there isn't value to if a, a player is signed at the number 14th roster spot, that it that there isn't value and that the guy won't get playing time. But Christian Wood is coming off actually a pretty decent season with the Dallas Mavericks. Guy averaged 16 and a half points a game. Seven and a half rebounds, somewhere around there. Shot almost, I think it was a little over 37% from three, 51% from the field. And I think what, what the only reason why this is even a conversation is because the Lakers really can only offer the mid-level. And the fact that Christian Wood is still available and you could potentially, I'm sorry, you could, they could offer him the minimum. And the fact that Christian Wood is still available and could potentially be available at the minimum is what made this kind of interesting and what made it a um, – what really kind of made it a, even a, a remote possibility, I guess, the way you can put it. Now, it kind of also raises my concern of like, well, why is nobody else offering him more? How come, you know, he would be available at just a minimum and he had those type of stats in the league? I mean, those are impressive stats. Um, at the same time, the fact or the idea – of trading Jared Vanderbilt in some type of a sign-and-trade to go get Christian Wood. Um, I, I've heard a lot of Lake fans, they, they love the idea of Christian Wood. They love the idea to potentially get a minimum. We were talking about this actually before even the show started about you know players of that caliber. They, they join a team like the Lakers because the idea and the concept is to try to get exposure. That's it. That's all they want. They if if their value, they want to try to find a way to um, uh, create value to by being a Los Angeles Laker. You're going to have all these games televised. They're televised on a national basis. They're on NBA TV. They're on TNT. They're on ESPN. They're always on on a national basis. And the only thing I could think of is Christian would come into the Lakers and this idea and the concept of it being more around the fact that okay, he's coming because he wants to build his value back up, but. Christian Wood, um, and you got to lose Jared Vanderbilt. I, I was a fan of Vanderbilt's play. So when I first saw this, and I first saw the idea and the concept of the Mavs would be interested in some type of a sign-and-trade, um, I'm completely okay with keeping Jared Vanderbilt. I know he wasn't. There were times he was a liability offensively. He was. There were times he was a liability in the playoffs. But I still think in an 82-game stretch, you want guys like Jared Vanderbilt on your team. And I think there's going to be moments – where he can pick up players full court, he can run around with Luca, he can run around, just make other guys' life a living hell because he's got length, he's got size, and he's got the ability to stick with some of these guards. Uh, I don't want to give up a guy like Jared Vanderbilt, but this last this last position, this this last roster spot, I think for the Lakers is uh, it's fascinating how much attention it's got, but it's also interesting 
how patient the Lakers have been. Um, how patient they've been in just saying, all right, well, why are we going to rush it? If we can get a talent like Christian Wood, cool, we'll wait on it. If Bismack Biombo is waiting on the Lakers or maybe there's another team that swoops in, we'll see. Um, maybe Christian Wood's going to look at it and say to himself, no, I'd rather go to a team that maybe is not as talented. I could go get some real stats and I could try to, you know, obviously – bring up my stock and, and see if he can put himself in a better position by this time next year or this by the time July 1st rolls around next year. But we'll see what happens there. But that's been a conversation that continues, and uh, we'll see what the Lakers end up doing at that spot. I saw this um, a little bit earlier, and I could spend some time on this with um, – I want to spend some time on this with Trevor Lane as well. So AD is got an extension coming up. And the Lakers are going to have to make some decisions uh, along with Anthony Davis of what the future is going to look like with um, Anthony Davis and uh, the potential extension that he has. Uh, I want to read off a quote here. And Dave McMenamin um, obviously covers the Lakers. ESPN was on the the low podcast, uh, the low post podcast. I'm going to read something that he said here, and I've been under the mindset this entire time with Anthony Davis that um, I think the Lakers will extend him. I think Anthony Davis gets the finger pointed at him more than it it should, and I know people are going to say, well, what are you talking about? Look, uh, you know, he's supposed to be one of the top players in the NBA and this and that. I'm not denying that, but I think Anthony Davis, there are a lot of times where he dominates dominates a game on the defensive side, and we don't give him credit for it. And he does it every single night, dominates on the defensive side, and we usually just kind of we roll right past it and don't even pay any attention to it. It's like, ah, okay, yeah, but, but what do you do on offense? Um, the Lakers don't compete for championships without Anthony Davis, period. I think most people would agree with that. And AD is eligible to sign a three-year $167 million max extension. So basically what you're saying, if you add up what he's owed this year um, and then uh, what he's also going to be owed next year, it looks like his deal would be, let's say, 250 over five years, I think, if you're adding up his years. Because remember, this is just a three-year extension, eligible to sign a three-year extension. This is the quote coming from Dave McMenamin. I'll read this off because I think Dave's got, you know, obviously an incredible pulse of what's going on inside the Lakers organization. He said, Anthony Davis and Rob Palenka's estimation is someone that has represented the Lakers really well, citing how he played through his foot injury last year as a major reason why they won a championship in 2020, and he wants to continue to have Anthony Davis as a Laker. Where things stand right now, I expect some sort of an agreement to be reached A lot of it is, one, recognizing that Anthony Davis as a trade chip, there's no way to replicate the value of what he brings to the court combined with LeBron James when he's healthy. You just won't. It's absolutely impossible. And this is how he finishes off his quote in the uh, Low Post podcast. He says, I'm fairly confident that Anthony Davis will come into training camp with an extended deal. Yeah, I I don't – there's no part of that that I disagree with. Um, Does Anthony Davis sometimes frustrate the, you know – you know what, out of most Laker fans, absolutely he does. There's times where he takes six shots and he has nine points and you're trying to, you're scratching and say, what the hell's going on here? Or he gets to the free throw line two to four times in a game. You say, how does Anthony Davis only get to the free throw line two or four times? Then there's other nights where he's 
32-17, four block shots, 9 of 10 from the free throw line, and dominated on the defensive side. So it's a little bit all over the place, and I get the frustration when it comes to that with Anthony Davis, but ultimately um, what's really the plan here? If Anthony Davis is not a Laker and you don't have that foundational piece on the defensive side, that foundational piece that – listen, if Anthony Davis is the best player on your team, I don't think you have a championship team. But I think if you surround Anthony Davis with another star, like obviously like LeBron has, and eventually I'm really just talking about post-LeBron era here – um, and you put the right players around him, of course you can compete with a championship. Of course you can, absolutely. But I thought the end of what uh, Dave McMenamin said here, I'm fairly confident that Anthony Davis will come into training camp with an extended deal. That would not surprise me at all. Okay, uh, we'll get Trevor Lane's thoughts coming up on this um, next. Also want to talk to him a little bit about Summer League. I mentioned he was out there, so we'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I want to welcome in uh, Trevor Lane. Covers the Los Angeles Lakers for Lakers Nation. Uh, Catch him on Twitter. Catch him on Instagram. Catch him on YouTube. Trev, what's going on, brother? Thank you uh, for joining the show here in the heart of the summer where – you know, it's um, this is kind of the what do you think the quietest time that we're going to have around the Lakers season? Yeah, probably, Alan. It's looking like it. This is going to be the next you know six weeks or so. It'll be pretty quiet, and I've been doing a little countdown of how many days we've got until Lakers preseason starts, and it's getting a little depressing. What do we got? What's is. the what, what's the countdown right now? I think we're at, we're at uh, seventy four days now till uh, till a preseason game for the Lakers, and that that just feels like an eternity right now. Well, you uh, you had a chance to, and and you know, I I kind of prepped listeners for this. We talked a little bit about the summer league and just some of the takeaways that uh, you walk away with, and also not really paying attention to the exact results or if somebody's stats were super inflated. Okay, don't get too excited. If they were really bad, don't think the world's going to end. You had a chance to be out there in Vegas. You were watching all these teams play, but specifically the Lakers. Were some of your takeaways from uh, from summer league? Yeah, I, I was pretty impressed with what we saw from uh, from the summer league guys, especially the the undrafted guys. You know, Jalen Hood Scafino had had his moments certainly. I did did Max Lewis, the two guys the Lakers took with the 17th pick and the 40th pick respectively. But I was most impressed with with Colin Castleton and Demoy Hodge. Castleton just really really showed out with his ability to push the ball in transition, which you don't see a lot from a guy who's seven feet tall. 
His passing skills were on display. It took maybe one summer league game before the Lakers started basically running their whole offense through him, either through him setting a high screen or just getting the ball dumped into him in the high post. So that was cool to see his passing for a big man and his ability to kind of command the floor out there. And then Dubois Hodge, you know, he's, he tries to mimic KCP, like, and he's very upfront about it. He's trying to be Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and you can see it in his game. And he does a pretty good Contavious Caldwell-Pope impression. He shoots the three really, really well. He's a pesky defender, quick, active hands. and I, So I walked away really impressed with both of those guys, both players on two-way contracts for the Lakers. So next season, we'll see. Maybe they win a roster spot, but most likely they're going to be bouncing between the South Bay Lakers and, uh, and the, the, the big boy, the, the full Lakers squad. We got um we got a few games to watch Max Christie the California Classic you got a chance to see him in the summer league as well, um what what are some of your takeaways from his game we got uh, I mean what he gained about ten pounds of muscle he came on this show I think about a week and a half ago or so and I, I love just his mentality of all he really cares about is opportunities to play basketball and he wants to do what's in the best interest of the team but he also looks like. This isn't, you know, one of those situations. Let's put it this way. I wouldn't be shocked that he's getting some real minutes um, at some point this, you know, next season. I, I, it just doesn't sound like it would be a shock to me. It really doesn't. No, yeah, me either. And, and you know, and it's funny, you know, Max Christie is almost a guy that I don't include in the summer league mix because he's so he was so good. He was just clearly better than everybody else that was out there on, on the floor in summer league. Um, he was absolutely phenomenal. Like, it's not just – the the height we've heard he's maybe grown a little bit but physically his body you mentioned he's added 10 pounds he looks just so much stronger than he did last year when he was out at summer league he gets to his spot at will he was very clearly the go-to guy on offense they were trying to get the ball to him whenever they could finishing through contact he had over six free throw attempts per game because teams just couldn't stop him his jumper was smooth he looked very very confident in that great form there defensively he was doing some great things and the extra strength that he's added really allowed him to be a force defensively and you mentioned the lakers planning on him playing in a role with this team look at the moves that they've made i mean they've added a bunch of wings you had a guys like cam reddish can can play the two a little bit but torian prince you've got you know of course ruby hachimura coming back you've got a lot of, of small forward power forwards that are on this team and then they added a lot of of more point guard style guys right you've got gabe benson in there you brought in jalen hurts Scafino. What they didn't add and what they let go was their shooting guards. And I think that is very telling about the Lakers' confidence in Max Christie because really they have Austin Reeves starting at the two, and behind him, it's really just Max Christie right now. I think that he, that he is very much in the plans for the Lakers for this next season to have a very solid role off the bench. Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation taking some time here and uh, joining Lakers Talk. Trev, there's been a lot of conversation, and this might just be because it's the Lakers and there's always a lot of tension towards the Lakers, but the 14th roster spot, I feel like for the past, let's say, maybe three weeks or so, this has been maybe a little less than that. This has been a conversation. It's been a dialogue. What are the Lakers going to do with that spot? Um, I think everybody feels like they need to go after another big. We've heard names like Bismack Biombo. At one point, it was Bull Bull. We know what happened there. Um, uh, Christian Wood's name's been thrown around a ton. There was even some chatter last week of maybe the Mavs want to do a sign and trade with the Lakers do a Jared Vanderbilt for Christian Wood. It's the 14th roster spot, and I'm not trying to say that it's not important because I think 
I think the Lakers are in need of a big, so I do feel like it is important. It's not your third or fourth point guard or whatever you want to call it. Um, but what do you make of just the chatter around who's available and who do you think would be the best fit? Yeah, I think they definitely need a big. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. And that is uh, doubly important if they decide to go ahead with the plan that Rob Polinka outlined when he was at Summer League, that they want to play Jackson Hayes next to Anthony Davis for some minutes and try to mimic that JaVale McGee slash Dwight Howard uh, duo that they had a man in center position, which pushed Anthony Davis to power forward. They want to try to, to take some of that burden off of Anthony Davis. So if you're going to do that and you're going to uh, burn some of Jackson Hayes minutes on the floor with Anthony Davis, then you really need another big in there. And I think they need one regardless, but uh, I think it's going to have to be that 14th roster spot. is going to have to be a big, as far as who's out there, it feels like the guy that everybody's waiting on right now is Christian Wood, who he's probably better than a veteran minimum player. Is he really a big? I mean, he's more of a power forward than than anything else. He's mm-hmm. like 215 pounds, which is he's he's got like about 10 pounds on Wenyan Gabriel. So this is not a big guy that's really going to man the center position. But offensively, his skill set would fit great next to Anthony Davis. There have been some questions about his work ethic. Would he be willing to be? that 14th guy on the roster and be willing to maybe not every night be part of the rotation. There's certainly some question marks around that. Um, There were some rumors flying around at summer league. I heard from multiple people that some players on the Lakers, you know, weren't too enamored with the idea of bringing him in because of some of the character concerns and things of that nature. But, but nonetheless, he's probably the top talent out there that the Lakers could go get. After that, you get into Bismack Biombo as, as maybe another option. Uh, Do you look to, a former Laker in JaVale McGee, who's probably going to see his way clear of the Dallas Mavericks sometime before the season starts off. And then, and then there's Colin Castleton as well. Can he get his name into the mix, just like Austin Reeves did a few years ago when he won a full roster spot? So they're going to sign a big before the season starts. But until we know, I think, what's going on with Christian Wood, they're just going to be in a holding pattern. So I don't know that it's going to happen until that domino falls. Yeah, it's interesting. For a player with those kind of stats, he had good stats. And mm-hmm. to still be available and, you know, teams, for him to potentially just end up with a Vets minimum, there's got to be a reason for it. And I, I don't want to, you know, I, I think there's, for the Lakers, yeah, maybe you can get him on that type of a discount and he's just looking for the exposure. And you know what, playing with the Lakers might his stock might go up because it is the Lakers and they're so often on national television and everything else. But ultimately that, that, that part doesn't fit right where you have somebody who's talented, got the numbers and the way the league throws around money, he can't get a contract more than a vet's minimum. So be curious to see what happens uh, in regards to that situation. Um, Trev, I don't know how much you're following the Anthony Davis. And, you know, we obviously all know the, the date that's coming up here, he could um, potentially get an extension. Uh, beginning on August 4th, AD will be eligible to sign a three-year, $167.6 million max extension. I read some quotes. Dave McMenamin was on the Low Post podcast, and he just basically, for me to sum it up, he thinks that he's going to have an extension by the time training camp starts. Um can you make a case why the Lakers would not extend him, or do you feel like, hey, this is a no-brainer, you got to figure out a way to make sure that Anthony Davis is on this team for years to come? 
If it's me, I think it's a no-brainer because if you don't, it's it's really what happens if you don't do an extension. Well, then you've got an Anthony Davis who knows he's probably not part of the future plans playing next season. He has a player option next summer. He opts out. You're risking him walk away, walk away for nothing. Um, that's not a situation you want to be in. The only real justification is if the Lakers just don't feel like he's worth that money, which I don't see how they could come to that conclusion. It it would free up some future cap space, I suppose, but. But my contention with this has always been you sign him to the extension, then worst case, let's say you go down a path next summer where LeBron doesn't pick up his player option. He walks sure. away, and the organization decides, you know what, AD, we just decided he's not the guy we want to build around. Well, then you can flip him, and you jumpstart your rebuild with some, with some assets because you've got him under contract. You don't sign him to an extension right now. He can hit free agency next summer, and then you're not able to do that. So I think in order to preserve future flexibility – you sign him to that extension. Now it would add three years onto the two years that he already has. So it, it would essentially require him to pick up the player option for next season, the 2024-2025 season. So you have, and basically have him on a five-year deal. Right. So it would put him on a five-year deal. But you know what? If for a player of Anthony Davis's caliber, he's one of those guys where a max contract is actually an underpay compared to the value that he provides on the floor. Sure, there's injury concerns. But if I'm the Lakers, I'm getting that done as soon as I can after August 4th. It's funny because, you know, with, with as much as you're out there posting up Lakers content and everything else, your interaction with Laker fans, what, what's been your experience when, with at least from a fan base perspective of what Laker fans think about having Anthony Davis under contract for essentially five more years? You know, it's pretty split. There's uh, probably agree 70% of, of fans will, will agree and say, yes, you do it. And then typically when I explain why, it's not even necessarily that you, you, know, you think Anthony Davis is a 1A superstar that you're going to build around. It's about having the ability to do other stuff down the road. Then most people say, oh, yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. But from the jump, you get a lot of people that are, that are kind of saying, oh, Anthony Davis, he's not – do we want him under contract at age 35? He's – injury prone he's not that guy and we need to move on and not give him that money so i do i do get a little bit of a split response on on ad when we talk about this yeah it's uh i'm i'm with you on that i mean i think ultimately at the end of the day i'm with you that if you get a chance anthony davis yes he can be a very frustrating player at times there's times where you're looking at a box screen how the guy only have 11 points how come he only got to the free throw line two times how come we only took eight shots or six shots or whatever the case is and then, um, but I, I think what's not talked about is he owns the opposite opposite side of the floor basically every night, and then he's going to have nights where he's got thirty two and seventeen, and you're basically saying nobody can stop him. So um, yes, he's got to be on the floor. Yes, health has got to be there. But I'm with you on uh, on that part. Um, Trev, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. This was a conversation that came up last week, and I actually haven't even got a chance to talk about it yet on this show. Um, James Worthy was talking to TMZ, TMZ Sports. And the conversation had come up about LeBron potentially getting a statue, a statue outside of Crypto.com Arena. Um, and, and I think one, one of the quotes I, I took away is that, you know, he gave every compliment you possibly can to, uh, to LeBron James, but also said, hasn't been here long enough. 
You think based on what LeBron James has done, and let's say this is it, whatever he does moving forward does not add another championship. He obviously already broke the record for all-time scoring uh, record, all-time point scoring record, uh, passing Kareem. He's got an NBA championship with the Lakers. You know, his resume is building as we go. This is going to be a sixth season with the Los Angeles Lakers. That enough for a uh, a trophy for you outside of crypto? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I'm going to agree with, with uh, Big Game James. I don't think it's quite enough. And I think that I, I, in terms of jersey retired, yeah. So put the, you put 23 in the rafters. Like that's, sure. that's going to happen. But the statue outside, like that, you have to be a, a cornerstone of the organization. You have to be somebody that that is able to define an era and – you know, five years with the Lakers, that's that's a lot. But when we think about LeBron, do we think about the Lakers first? No, we do, we're we probably going to think about the Cavs. Some people will think about the Heat. And, and, you know, ironically, LeBron's now been with the Lakers longer than he was with with the Heat. Sure. But you look at you look at who's got statues out there. And as a Laker, now as, a, as an NBA player, sure, he's done some incredible things. He's, he's what, either the greatest, second greatest all-time, wherever you want to put him, in the ranking, right? He's, he's one of the greatest ever. But as a Laker, I don't think he's done quite as much as what those other guys who have statues out there have done now. They go on to win a championship this year? Okay, maybe that maybe that re- reignites the conversation. But as of this point, I think you, you, you retire 23, you put the jersey up in the rafters, but I don't think that's enough for a, a statue just yet. Yeah, that's why I, I also said it. When I hear people say, "Well, let you know, let him finish what he does," okay, but I'm not talking. About if he obviously, if he adds to this, maybe it's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, and I'm with Big Game on that one. Um, I think there is there's a very, very special, special for a statue outside of crypto, and um, put the jersey up there. But as far as the statue goes, I pause on that one as well, Trev. Um, always appreciate you coming on the show and uh, always appreciate your insights. So thank you for taking the time, buddy. No problem, Alan. Thank you for having me. All right. That is uh, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. Um, I got actually a couple more thoughts on that, on the LeBron chatter about a, a, a tro- or a statue outside of crypto. Um, Bruce Brown, former Denver Nugget. I thought he had some interesting, to, interesting things to say about the Lakers. Uh, the Dodgers are going to find a way to uh, do something really cool around uh, Kobe and the Lakers. We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, shout out to uh, Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation. Always uh, nice to connect with him. Take some time to, uh, to join the show. Yeah, it's funny. That conversation about um, the LeBron... Has he done enough to earn a statue outside of crypto? For me, I don't really actually even hesitate. I say no. I, I don't think he's um, done enough, and it's not really his fault. It's just he had a statue outside of Crypto.com Arena. Don't you feel like the the resume? I mean, look who's out there. It's Magic. It's Kareem. It's Shaquille. It's uh, Jerry West. I mean, you know, you're talking about the. Um, the, the just the absolute pillars of this organization and this franchise. Um, and again, you know, if you want to make the argument, yeah, but what if he won another championship? What if he did this one? Okay, I guess you can. We can have that conversation if it happened. But just based on what he's done so far, I'm with James Worthy on that one. I'm with James on, um, you know, obviously, uh, just hasn't hasn't been in LA long enough. Five years is a good sample size, but. You know, a lot of these guys you're talking about 
Cole will eventually have whatever he has out there. I mean, I can only imagine what the plans are when Cole has something out there. And he's 20 years with the Lakers. Magic never rocked another um, another jersey. Uh, uh, Kareem had five NBA championships with the Lakers. Um, Shaq had was here for eight years and won three NBA championships and three Finals MVPs. So I, I think, and I think there's probably also an association when you think of Braun. I don't necessarily think of LeBron. Um, I don't think of LeBron as uh, a Laker first, right? Think of the Cavs. Why wouldn't you? At least I do. I, I think of him as a Cleveland Cavalier before I think of anything. Um, uh, I think of you know him obviously winning that NBA championship for the Cavs. So that's kind of the first thing that comes into mind there. But it is it's a fascinating conversation because I think a lot of times that this comes up, everybody has an opinion on it. And I think more more people lean towards let's let's pump the brakes here. He's going to get a jersey up in the rafters, and and that's obviously a great great way of honoring him of what he's done for the Lakers uh, so far. Um, uh, the other thing I want to get into, Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown is signed with the Indiana Pacers. There was a moment there that we thought, hey, can Bruce Brown potentially become a Los Angeles Laker? I think it's actually a big loss the Denver Nuggets um, losing him. I really do. Um, I, I thought that loss to – I thought Denver losing him, losing Jeff Green, those are those are significant players. I know you kind of sit back and say, come on, Al, he's, they're just role players. No, role players are a big, big deal. Um, I thought it was interesting. You know, Bruce Brown had some quotes, and it, it was kind of funny. And I, I, I don't know how much he's trying to take a shot at the Lakers – um, but a couple quotes that he had in uh, in one of his interviews, I'm going to read it here. He said, I would say this is the ball don't lie pod that he was on. Uh, actually, no, it was the uh, Run Your Race podcast that he was on. He said, I would say our toughest series, he's talking about this uh, last championship run for the Denver Nuggets, toughest series was the Minnesota Timberwolves. Phoenix, it was just blowouts each game. Lakers, it never felt like we were going to lose any game, and they did it. They swept the Los Angeles Lakers, um, but it never felt like we were going to lose any game. He ended up saying the Lakers series for us was more personal than any other series, and I, I think, you know, I, I don't know what to equate to this. Is it just because it's the Lakers, or is it because a few years earlier the Lakers had beat the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals when they went on to win their championship in the Orlando bubble. Um, Bruce Brown wasn't even on that team. Was it more personal because, like Michael Malone would always talk about the head coach of the, of the uh, Denver Nuggets, that there was a lot of times where there was always attention to the Lakers and it felt like they weren't getting their proper respect, and I'm talking about the respect wasn't going to the Denver Nuggets. I don't know what made it personal, but you definitely felt like the Denver Nuggets were taking it personal. I spent a little bit, about a week ago or so, when Darvin Ham went on um, another podcast, and he was talking a little bit, I think it was with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein, he was just talking about, all right, they got us this time, but it's not over, you know, kind of one of those things. I don't know if it's a rivalry between the Lakers and the uh, and the Denver Nuggets, but it seems like it's a much more interesting matchup than a lot of other matchups that are out there. 
Um, what makes a rivalry? You need teams to chirp a little, and you've seen the two franchises chirp a little. Uh, that's number one. The other thing that makes a, a rivalry is you beat them, they beat you. That's happened as well. So who knows down the line, maybe this becomes a more interesting matchup as we get closer to the season starting. Um, all right, that's all we got tonight. If you miss any part of the show, you can go to ESPN LA, download the app. You can catch the full show. Um, I'll be back on tomorrow with Travis Rogers. We'll, uh, uh, again, get into everything NBA-related, baseball-related, and everything else. Thank you to Michael Funches, Laura Romo, Mario Ruiz, LA as always. Hope you have a great rest of your night.